tonight over the people of Tulsa. Uh, Lord, all of those that were involved in this this terrible, terrible tragedy uh, that took place there. God, I pray that you just surround them with comfort and strength and with peace. And Lord God, I pray bring clarity and unity to our nation again. God, I pray right now that you would draw us back to the place of one nation under God. God, may we, may we come together united uh, as the states of America. Lord, under your leadership, under your guidance, under your love and under your mercy. Lord, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to gather in your house. Lord, receive our praise into your very presence and be glorified. We ask it all in the anointed name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord tonight. There is an endless song echoes in my soul. I hear the music ring. And though the storms may come, I am holding on to the rock I cling.
Jesus, my Savior. Lord, there is none like you. And all of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty. Come on, just love on Him tonight. Just take a moment and pause and give Him the praise and glory tonight. Father, thank You. Thank You that nothing compares to Your promise. 
Your promises are unfailing and unyielding and unrelenting, Lord. Your promises pursue us and overtake us, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your promises are yes and amen. Lord, nothing can compare to the promise I find in you. I love you, Lord. Bless your name, O oh God. Hallelujah. Praise unto your name. Thank the Lord. Isn't he precious to us tonight? Amen. Come on and give him a hand clap, would you please? Thank the Lord. Amen. Turn and greet someone. Let them know you're glad to see them. Amen. Isn't he good to us tonight, church? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what's getting further and further up to the top of this thing? <laughs> There's an elevator over there. Thanks, Dennis. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> I sent Marlon to look for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just to make sure you'd look for me too, okay? <laughs> Isn't God good? Yes. Man, thank you guys again for being out on this beautiful muggy Wednesday. God's so good. I love Him. Uh, just a few things as we get started tonight. Uh, Kids Crusade begins next Monday. And uh, so next Wednesday, a week from tonight... Uh, I'm not telling you to stay home by any means, uh, but we will not be having regular services. Uh, the, the youth will be doing service uh, with our children uh, next Wednesday night. And it starts at 7 o'clock. And so we want you guys to come out and be a part of that. Um, Brother Chasen has the most incredible creative mind. Um, you, you guys have to understand that all of our, our kids' crusades, they've got, oh gosh, I think three or four other churches booked between now and uh, before summer's over. And so our kids are going to have an opportunity to go and minister at all these places. But Brother Chasen writes all this stuff himself. Uh, he's very talented with, with doing stuff like that, taking Bible stories and turning them into stuff. And uh, I knew, I, I almost reached over and poked Sister Vonda on Sunday, or, yeah, Sunday morning when Sister Ferry was here and was showing her videos of the kids' Uh, ministry that they were doing, the camps that they were doing. Uh, do you guys remember they had the, the little puppet that was made out of like a, uh, 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 an inner tube? No, it's not an inner tube. What's it called, Vonda? A tube. A, a tube. What are those things called? Somebody help me. A pool noodle. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad that y'all came tonight so you could help your pastor. Uh, a pool noodle. Uh, they'd made those puppets and they were doing the dances and all that stuff. I knew whenever she was showing that on the screen that Chasen's wheels were turning. I could see the smoke coming out of his ears. And uh, so he told me this morning, he said, that stinking missionary you brought in here. <laughs> and so he has been working over the last couple of days to create costumes and, and turn our kids into pool noodles. And they're going to uh, dance for our, our kids that are here for the Crusades, and it'll be really cool. And so, man, I encourage you guys, come and at least watch, and uh, they're going to teach them about Jesus. Uh, it's not just a bunch of fun and games, but they're going to teach them about Jesus as well, so come and be a part of that. Uh, August 6th is coming up quick, and uh, so we've opened the door to begin accepting donations for Love Long Grove Day. Uh, if you'd like to make monetary uh, donations, that's fine. You can write a check and just label it uh, for Love Long Grove Day. Or if, you wanna, if you're cleaning out your closets, getting ready for garage sales, wait, hold on. Uh, just bring all that stuff and you can dump it on Sister Marla and uh, she'll know exactly what to do with all that stuff. We're going to start storing it in the Royal Ranger room and uh, Miss LaDonna will start sorting uh, probably... Um, in July, I would think. And so we'll start putting the clothing racks up and stuff like that. And so very excited about Love Long Grove Day. Uh, we were always, you know, we're going to do backpacks again and we'll do uh, the, the food and we've got to get in contact with um, Convoy of Hope and uh, try to get some food supplies going. And so we're very excited about all that. So uh, stay in contact with your bulletin. Uh, keep in contact with what's going on. Prayer request, praise reports. Of course, uh, I want to give the Lord praise uh, for our cookout this past Sunday evening. 
Uh, Brother Lynn, Brother Tommy did a great job cooking the hamburgers, and uh, the rest of us did a good job eating them. And uh, they were really, it was good food, they were good hamburgers, and so we had a great time with the Lord. I appreciate everybody who came. What a great, uh, you know, crowd that showed up to eat with us and hang out with us, and so it was a good time. And, uh, of course, I cannot say enough uh, about our missions uh, services this past weekend. Sister Ferry knocked it out of the park. She did an outstanding job. Uh, I've been told on more than one occasion over the last few days that's the best preaching I've done in a long time. And so, man, I'll accept that. I think she did great. And so um, she, she was dynamite, and, and uh, she, she did a good, good job. Um, Prayer request tonight, of course, I've made mention of Tulsa already. Uh, Uvalde, we want to continue to pray for, for both of those uh, cities. Um, man, our nation, guys, I, I don't think I can stress enough how much our nation needs healing right now. Yeah. Uh, there's such a great sense of division, and uh, I, I know it's the work of the enemy, but it seems like we're being pushed apart. Uh, we're, we're not just being snuggled apart, we're being uh, screamed at and you know shoved apart and divided by ideology, di- divided by moral issues. Um, I, I saw, of course, what a horrific thing uh, to think we as a nation uh, are celebrating this month as, as Gay Pride Month. And Father God, help us. Judgment will, judgment will come upon our nation because we accept things like this and allow it to go on. And so uh, please, please, please be praying. I don't, I don't want to be divisive in the things that I say, but I want to be biblical in the things that I say, ne- nevertheless. And so we stand on the principles of the Word of God. We love people, but we hate sin. And uh, so let's, let's pray for our nation. Pray for unity, please. Um, I, I mean, I encourage you, the, the things I keep reading about, the things I keep hearing, uh, we need to be a prepared people. Uh, we need to be a prayed up, prepared people uh, because, it, guys, it surely can't be long until that trumpet, t- t- trumpet sounds. And so be praying uh, for our nation, please. Continue to be praying for Brother Ronnie. Man, it was good to see him uh, this past Sunday morning out, out getting around. And so uh, prayerfully he'll continue to, to go and to do well with that. A lot of stuff going on. You guys have all the prayer lists there in front of you. Uh, I want to give you just a minute or two. Prayer requests, praise reports. Anybody want to brag on God or, or, or just lift up a, a prayer need tonight? What's going on in your world? Brother Gerald? Okay. And what did you say her first name was, Gerald? D. B. B. Got it. Okay. We'll be praying, brother. Amen. What else tonight? Anybody else? Yes, dear? Amen. Praise God, she didn't have a stroke. Go ahead. My son called me yesterday or day before. Wednesday. Praise God, girl. God. Oh, that's awesome. Sure, sure. Amen. Thanks for praying, Mama. Amen. That's so good. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Yes, my sister. Amen, sister. Yeah. 
Our, our hearts are broken with you, all the events that are unfolding uh, in the world around us. And, and I, I certainly will be praying for your sons as well. God, break the strongholds. And he's a, he's a chain-breaking God. He certainly is. He certainly is. Amen. 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 That's awesome. Amen. Miss Betty, you're going in uh, Monday. Monday for another round. Is it chemotherapy that you're doing? Okay. Be praying for, for Mama Betty that no sickness and no weakness and just no side effects from that old stuff. And uh, we've already been praying for the blood supply to be cut off to those tumors. And uh, we're believing that it's happening. It's shrinking. And, uh, and it's, getting, it's getting better by the minute. And uh, so we're, we're just going to believe with you and stand on faith that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Amen. Miss Sherry. Right. But I guess I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand, but he's still in jail. He needs to go to rehab. Okay. Pray that we'll be able to take him up there. Amen. Amen. Okay. We'll be praying with you guys that way. We certainly will. We haven't talked to him. Okay. Since March the 10th. Wow. God opened the door. God opened the door. Amen. Okay. Be praying for David. Anything else tonight, you guys? All right. I got two praise reports and we'll pray. Okay, sister, go ahead. Praise God. He did well. That's awesome. That's awesome. My little grandson went in yesterday uh, to have tubes put in his ears. And uh, about the time it take to drink a cup of coffee, I think they were done with him. And, and uh, he was fine and getting better. And uh, we're going to believe for uh, all the, the trouble with the ear infections he's been having. I think he's been having ear infections since by the time he was born. Uh, but it's going to get better. And, and uh, the tubes are going to make a huge difference in his little body. And uh, that, that's my first praise report. My second praise report is um, got a, an envelope about that big in the mail uh, today. I opened it up. And uh, my eldest child, my, my pretty daughter who was here this weekend, my, my youngest child, thank you, dear. Um, she's, she's the top of my list right now, so that makes her the eldest. <laughs> anyway, uh, my, my youngest child who was here this weekend, Miss Josie, uh, we received a letter saying that she was on the president's honor roll uh, at NSU uh, for this last semester. And so, man, I'm telling you, for a college student to be on any kind of an honor roll, you know, I'm... Especially a Dotson kid, you know. I'm just like, all right, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm proud of her, man. <laughs> if there was ever a child that I was not concerned about, you know, it's that one. And uh, she, she's, a, she's, a good, she's a good kid, and I'm super proud of her as her daddy. I know y'all might think, well, the preacher's just bragging on his kid. Yes, I am. So when you get to talk, you can brag on your kid, okay? Perfectly fine. Why don't we stand together tonight and pray? Actually, I'm bragging on the Lord. I'm not bragging on my kid. Uh, my, my God was with my, my baby uh, in college to help her do all that. Uh, and my God was with my grandson to help him get through that, that time, that procedure, uh, and to keep his mama and daddy calmed down as he went through that procedure. And so that's why we take time to give praise reports, is to brag on God. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. God, we thank you so, so much, God, for who you are. God, I pray tonight for your help, your strength, your, your unending merited, unfailing favor. Uh, God, I pray tonight for our sister Kate, Lord. I just pray over her sons. Uh, I pray for Caleb and Isaac. Lord God, I ask you to intervene. I ask you to break chains and strongholds off their lives. God, let the walls come crumbling down around them. Lord God, I pray for truth and revelation to be brought into their lives. I pray for revelation knowledge to rise up within them, O oh Lord. God, I pray that you leave nothing out. God, I pray that you leave nothing undone. Uh, God, and intervene on her behalf and on their behalf. 
Lord, I pray for David tonight. God, I pray that you'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Open the door, God, that only you can open. God, just be with, with this family. And God, I just pray that you lead and guide and direct them. Lord, I pray for B tonight. I, I pray, God, just for her blood pressure to be brought under control. God, I pray for things to be made right. Uh, God, I pray tonight that you intervene on behalf of our nation. God, we, we pray for the United States of America tonight. God, we pray for unity. Uh, we, we pray, God, that you draw us together as a nation. God, every stronghold that the enemy is trying to create against us, Lord, may it be broken and shattered in the strong, anointed name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, I'm asking you to be with us in this room together tonight. And Lord, that you would be the one to receive the glory. God, you receive the praise. God, you receive the honor. Lord, always about you, always for you. God, never for us or about us, but God, always your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And in Jesus' name we believe. Amen and amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise together tonight, if you wouldn't mind. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. How many would agree with the statements your pastor is about to make, and that's this. I'm sure ready for the Lord to come back. Man, I'm telling you what, every day it seems like it would be a really good day for Jesus to come. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about it tonight, but with each and every passing moment of each and every passing day, I feel more and more and more like a stranger in a strange land. This old world gets more and more crazy. This old world grows more and more out of control with each passing day. Uh, and, and I understand tonight the, 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 the Word of God to be more and more true every day that, that this old place is not our home. We're not here to stay. We're just passing through. Amen. We're looking at the world and the events that are unfolding all around us and things that are happening that, that Jesus said had to come to pass before His return. We're seeing those things happen at, at a continual escalating rate every day. Uh, they get stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, if you go back, I, I use this passage quite a bit, but if you go back and uh, probably you have it marked in your Bibles, but Matthew 24, Jesus gave us some things that we're supposed to be looking for, Right? In Matthew 24, Jesus said, look for man in conflict with man. That's wars and rumors of wars. That's what he was talking about. What do we see happening in our world today? Now, I know we see what's going on between Russia and the Ukraine. But, but friend, I want you to understand tonight, it's not just Russia and Ukraine who are involved in wars and rumors of war. There's been conflicts and battles that are going on around this globe uh, for a long, long time, and they're continuing to escalate. And friend, it's not just on foreign soil, but it's happening closer and closer to home every day. Every day we hear about another conflict. Every day we hear about another shooting. Every day we hear about man in conflict with man. It continues to increase every day. Jesus said in Matthew 24 to look for man in conflict with nature. Guys, let me tell you, we're seeing some of the strangest things happening in nature right now uh, that, that have ever been recorded in all of history. Snowfall that, that I read about that happened just this past week. Uh, yes, in the northern climate. Yes, in some of the northern states. I understand that. Uh, but it's stinking June, okay? Uh, and, and we're seeing snow that's still falling. Uh, we're, we're still talking about earthquakes. We're still talking about the violence of the tornadoes that are happening around us. We're seeing strange weather occurrences that are happening on an ever-increasing, ever-continuing basis. Man in conflict with nature. Jesus also said, look for man in conflict with, with God. Look for man in conflict with man. Look for man in conflict with nature. And look for man in conflict with God. The, the fact is, church, we're living in a world filled with those who have this form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They have this d twisted, distorted idea of truth, and many people are falling away from God's Word. Many people are falling away from God's truth. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, even on a Wednesday night, people ought to run to every church. Every church should be overcrowded with people. Every pew should be filled up. People who come seeking the truth of the Word of God. But people have more important things on their agenda, or at least they think they do. People have more important things on their, on their schedule for the day, or at least they think they do. Listen, God must be the priority, and God must take precedent in everything we do and in everything we say. How many believe that tonight? The, the fact is, church, this old world that we're living in is a corrupted place filled with corrupted people. How many agree with that? We see corruption in the government of the United States of America. I, I expected a huge, hearty amen out of that one, right? 
We see corruption in the government and in politics. We see corruption in the workplace. Oh, it's not about how good of an employee you are in most workplaces today, but it's about whose brother-in-law you are in the workplace today. We see corruption in the workplace. We see corruption in the government. We see corruption even in the school system today. And the sad truth is far too many times we can even see that corruption that slipped into the church as we know it today. Church, I believe that we as children of Almighty God need to set the moral standard for the world. I've said it before and I'll say it again tonight. We are called to be the moral compass for the world. The church must point true north. The church must point towards morality. The church must set the standard for integrity and not corruption. When the world and the people of the world begin to look for an example of what integrity and morality should look like, they, I believe, should be able to look to the church. I think they ought to be able to look to the man of God or the woman of God. I believe that we should be the ones to draw the line in the sand and say, sin is sin and I'm not going there. There's got to be somebody to set their standard. When corruption and immorality tries to creep into the church, I want you to understand as your pastor, I'm a believer. We need to deal with it head on. Tonight, we continue the study that we began a few weeks ago into the seven letters of the seven churches. I want to talk to you tonight about uh, the church there at Thyatira. And I want to talk to you tonight about the corrupted church. The corrupted church. If you have your Bibles, we're going to the book of Revelation again tonight. We're in chapter 2 still. I'm going to read verses 18 through 29. The corrupted church. The church where Jezebel hung out. Mmm, boy, I like that mmm y'all got. Verse 18, the word of the Lord says, And to the angel of the church at Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols." And I gave her a time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children and with death, and all the churches shall know that I am He who searches the mind and the hearts, and I will give each one of you according to his works. Now to you who say... And, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who do not know the depths of Satan, as I say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what comes till I, excuse me, but hold fast what you have until I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations." He shall rule them with an iron rod, and he shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel, as I have received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again tonight for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity to minister it tonight. God, I'm asking you right now to have your way in everything we do, Lord, and in everything we say. Father, I pray that you open our minds and let us have a greater understanding of this church of corruption. Lord, may we never allow corruption to to, to creep in the door. God, may we slam the door on corruption and never let it have a place, never let it have a foothold here at Lone Grove Assembly of God. Lord, may we walk with you in pureness and holiness and righteousness. And God, may righteousness and holiness be the standard and the moral compass. God, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people agreed and said... Amen. Let's give him another hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. How many are thankful tonight to be on the winning team? I want you to understand that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, when you make that vow to live for Him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, to love Him with everything that you are, friend, I want you to know you're getting on, you're joining the winning team. How many are glad tonight to be on the winning team? 
I'm a true believer that the only way we can ever lose is by quitting. Are you hearing me? The only way we ever lose at this thing is by giving up. The only way we ever lose is by throwing in the towel. Yes, we may face some hard times. Yes, we may go through some trials. Yes, we may have disappointments. But I believe with all my heart that we as sons and daughters of the Most High God will never be defeated. We are winners. We are the champions, my friend. In fact, I believe it's only when we allow ourselves to falter or to become corrupted, that's the only time we ever truly lose. That's the only time we ever truly fail. It's a voluntary thing. Listen, the enemy cannot force you. The enemy cannot make you. You are a child of the Most High God, and greater is He who's alive inside of you than he who's in the world. You are the standard. You are the line in the sand. I believe that the church at Thyatira found themselves at a place of failing. They had allowed false teaching and corruption to influence them and to draw them away from the truth of the Word of God. How many understand tonight that when we move away from the truth of the Word of God that we're opening a door for corruption and false teaching to to creep in and to come in to lead us astray? Church, we don't need popular opinion. We don't need the latest trends or fads. We don't need what's politically correct. We need every line. We need every jot. We need every tittle of the Word of Almighty God. We need the Word and nothing but the Word of God. Thyra Tyra was a, a working man's town with many different trades that were in operation there and many different people who worked in them. The industries there included things like making clothing to dyeing the clothing different colors to, to the making of pottery. The city was basically a a secular city with with no focus on any particular religion. Uh, What we do find is that the church had had begun to grow and it had begun to develop. and, And as it did, there were people who rose up within the church who opened the door for corruption and for false teaching to to filter in. And all those who taught and followed that corruption, all of those who taught and followed after those false teaching, ultimately faced the judgment of Almighty God. Listen, I want you to understand, the truth is, church, we can never sit idly by and allow corruption to get a foothold here at Long Grove Assembly of God. We can never allow corruption or false teaching to slip in the door and to get a foothold in any of our lives. Uh, This word that we've been talking about, these seven letters to these seven churches, I've told you continuously, apply to us, yes, locally as a church, but it applies to us individually as well. Friend, we cannot allow corruption to come into our lives, and we cannot allow corruption to come into the door. We must deal with it, or just like Thyatira, we will ultimately face the judgment of Almighty God. There's some things tonight I believe that we can learn for this corrupted church. And the very first thing I want to talk about tonight is this. We need to talk about spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. Look at verses 18 and 19. Verse 18, the Word says, To the angel of the church at Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know your works. Your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. How many understand tonight that everything is growing? Some of us growing a little more than others. But everything's growing, right? We might start out young and, and small, but we don't stay that way. We continue to grow. We continue to mature. We continue to get bigger. It amazes me how a baby can start out so small, so tiny, and grow and, and to get to be as big and as strong as they are. In 1932, when my mama was born, my mother weighed less than three pounds when she was born. You talk about a miracle. In 1932, to weigh less than... Now today, you know, they've got technology, they've got the equipment to help that baby grow, uh, to spend time in an incubator. But in 1932, for a person to weigh less than three pounds uh, and to mature and to grow and to develop and to eventually have children of her own, listen, friend, that's nothing less than a miracle of God. And every time I look at my little boy, Summit, I see him growing. I see him changing every day, overnight. Uh, he's doing something new. Uh, he said granddad just today. I, well, I thought he did anyway. He hasn't said la la yet, but he has said, no, I don't know. But <laughs> In life, we're continually growing. As you're sitting there on the pew tonight, you're growing. You may not recognize it. You may not realize it, uh, but your fingernails are growing right now. 
and your hair is growing. Two weeks ago, <laughs> Brother Randy said, get off me right now, Bubba. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, Randy got a haircut, and it, you can't even tell today, Randy. I mean, it's just boom. It's just growed out, brother. It looks good. It's time for another. Get him, sister. Your hair's continually growing. Your, your fingernails are continually growing. And here's the really cool deal. The blood cells within your body are continually growing as well. Physically, we continually grow over and over. And here's the good news. Uh, physically, we need to continually grow over and over. I don't want to cut my fingernails off and never have them grow again. I want my hair to grow back. Come on. But here, your pastor tonight. Just as sure as we need to continually grow physically, I want you to hear me, we need to continually grow spiritually tonight as well. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14 through 15 says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning, crafty, deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, that is Christ Jesus. Come on. I mean, we're always growing, friend. I, I told you countless times as your pastor, I don't believe we'll ever reach the place of having all that we need to have or knowing all that we need to know. We'll never reach the place of having all the spiritual growth that we need to have. We never reach the point of stop growing spiritually. We all need to grow. I believe that was the, the problem there in Thyatira. That was the compliment that the Lord began to give them. The, the compliment the Lord says was that their last works were more than their first works. What was he saying to them, Pastor? They started out doing some small stuff. They started out believing little things. They, they started out with, with small stuff. But as they matured, they grew and their works grew right along with them. And their latter works were greater than their smaller works. Now, I know the question is this. Why, if they were growing spiritually, did some people in the church allow corruption or false teaching to slip in and to come to be a part of the church? Well, I believe it's because not all of them had a desire to continue to grow. I believe that some of them came to the point of being smarter than the teacher. I think some of them got to the place where, where they thought they knew all they needed to know and had gone as far as they needed to go and uh, they knew everything and they couldn't learn anything else and they came to the point of saying, you know what, I've heard this sermon before. I know everything. I don't need to listen to the preacher. But besides that, I'm a whole lot smarter than the preacher. So why would I even listen to anything that they got to say down there at that church? And in doing so, what happened eventually? They opened up the door to a new teaching and a new doctrine. Well, let me, let me get my ears tickled. Let me, tell me about this, this sexual immorality. Maybe that's a new doctrine that I need to listen to. Tell me about eating food that's been sacrificed to idols. I want to know that teaching. Let me tell you, friend, there is an undermining of the truth of the Word of God that's going on in the world today. There's new doctrines, there's new thoughts, there's new theology that's cropping up and growing continually. I heard a radio story the other day uh, that said only 37%, no, excuse me, 37% of all evangelical pastors, 37% of all evangelical pastors did not have a biblical worldview. I wanted to make sure I said that right. 37% of all evangelical pastors... Now, I don't know how they know all evangelical pastors. They didn't call uh, me and ask me that question. Uh, but the ones that were polled, uh, out of that, the ones that were polled, 37% of them did not have a biblical worldview. Well, what's a biblical worldview? Heaven, hell, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, sin, salvation... Uh, you know, the, the basic principles. Now, how in the world could somebody stand behind a pulpit and not believe in God and declare themselves as a pastor over a church? Lord, have mercy. Help us. But that's what getting your ears tickled by non-truths from the Word of God will do in a person's life. They open themselves up to many different teaching and many different doctrines. Church, I want you to understand, it makes no difference if we've heard it a million on top of a million on top of a million times. The Word of God is still fresh and new to us every day. 
I love the, the story in Acts 17, verses 10 and 11 that talks about the people of Berea. The Bible says the, the church at Berea, the people of Berea, they searched out the Scriptures for themselves every day to make sure the things that they were being taught were the absolute truth. Friend, we need to search out the Scriptures. I challenge you as your pastor, test me. Try, write down some notes and go back and say, man, pastor, I don't know about that. Uh, the Bible doesn't really say that. Uh, I want you to understand, the reason I've always got a Scripture is because I want to be able to back up what I said with the Word of God. Amen? We need the Word of God. How many understand? We can keep from becoming corrupted when we'll stand upon the truth of the Word of God and continue to grow in it and not give an opportunity for any false teaching to come our direction. What can we learn from this corrupted church tonight? We need to learn about spiritual growth. Guys, we got to keep growing. Another thing we can learn tonight from this corrupted church is this. We need to talk about spiritual corruption. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 there in the Word says this, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. How many understand tonight that... that cur- Corruption in the church is never anything that can be tolerated. Are you hearing me? Corruption in the church is not something that should ever be tolerated. The the Word teaches us here tonight that there was this woman in the church at Thyatira that the Lord identifies as Jezebel. It's unclear if this was actually her name or if this was just the type of person or the spirit of Jezebel that the Lord was talking about. Remember with me, Jezebel was the wife of King Ahab in the Old Testament, the book of 1 Kings. And she was a woman who thought that she was in control. And so the name Jezebel has become symbolic always as a person who's a false prophet or a person who has a controlling spirit. The name Jezebel is one of those names that makes you want to spit after you've said it. Jezebel. Like you. Anyway, something nasty in your mouth. Thank you all for helping me so much tonight. (laughs) Here in the church at Thyatira, this woman known as Jezebel was teaching a false doctrine. She was teaching and creating a, a sense of spiritual corruption within the people of that particular community in that church. She was teaching that sexual immorality was okay. And sadly, many people were drawn into believing every word that she had to say. Her false teaching was was corrupting the people of the church and drawing them away from God. Church, can I tell you tonight in these last days that many false teachers will rise up and try to draw God's people away from the truth of God. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Listen, there's a lot of things that fly under the name of Christianity that have absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. We must be very cautious about who we allow to feed our spirit. It can lead you ultimately to death if you allow it to. I I want you to, to be completely honest with you tonight. That's exactly the reason why your pastor is very cautious about the people that I allow to stand behind this pulpit. I stand accountable before God for the people who represent the Word of God. And Lord forbid that somebody should get up and start preaching some silly something that doesn't line up with the agreement with the Word of Almighty God, and then I have to come back behind them and clean up their mess. That's why I'm so cautious. I've got to know that person. I've got to see their fruit. I've got to know that they're responsible. I've got to know they're the same person on the outside of the church that they are on the inside of the church before they'll ever step foot into the pulpit at Long Grove Assembly of God. Another reason I'm so cautious uh, uh, is because I want to know what's being taught within the confines or the walls of this church. I, again, am ultimately responsible for everything that's taught in a Sunday school class, in a Royal Ranger room, in a youth service, in a missionette service, in a prime timer service, in a young adult service. Ultimately, as the shepherd, as the pastor, I stand accountable before God. 
And why is that so important to you, Pastor? Because once upon a time, many, many moons ago, I had a lady within the church who taught Sunday school, not here, but another place, taught a Sunday school class, and she was teaching her Sunday school class, Sister Faith, that when the rapture happened, the babies that were born, that were alive during that time, weren't going to be raptured. They weren't going to go to heaven. They were going to be left behind. Why? Because that was going to be torment and that was going to be punishment upon the people who were left behind. Listen, that little baby, my little summit, does not know sin. He does not know right from wrong. He has not reached the age of accountability. And I believe with all my heart that as soon as that trumpet sounds, that little boy is going to disappear and be right back in the arms of Jesus. Amen? There's no doctrinal statement. There's no biblical truth to back up what was being taught. And so I found out about it. I confronted that Jezebel spirit. And guess what? That lady said, listen, if I can't teach what I want to teach, I ain't teaching Sunday school around here no more. And I said, God bless you. Have a nice day. If it's not in the Bible, we don't need it, friend. Because ultimately, if it's not the Word of God, it's going to create a sense of spiritual corruption in people's life. The truth is, as the shepherd, as the pastor, I'm ultimately responsible before God for everything that I allow, that I know about, to go on under my ministry. And I want to stand before Him and hear Him say, Well done, Gary. Not, hey, this is, you did good, but this is what I have against you. I want to use great caution to ensure that no corruption slips under the radar and that no Jezebel spirit has the opportunity to affect anyone or to bring anybody into a place of corruption. Listen, a Jezebel spirit doesn't just mean it has to be a woman. It can be a man. It can be a group of people. It can be a church itself. I've seen the Jezebel spirit in operation in many places and in many different forms. And friend, we need to quench it. We need to cut it off. We need to not allow a place for a Jezebel spirit to rise up. What do we need to learn tonight from this corrupted church? We need to understand spiritual corruption. And one more thing we need to see tonight from the Word about this corrupted church, and that's this. We need to understand a spiritual promise. Sister Julie picked the right song. She sang about promises tonight. Look at verses 20 through 24. Verse 20, the Word of the Lord says, I'll start in 21. And I gave to her her time to repent of sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and and all the churches will know that I am He who searches the minds and the hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as who do not have this doctrine who do not know the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast with what you have until I come, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give the power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I have received from my Father, and I will give to him the morning star. Let him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He is well able to keep every promise that He's ever made. He is a promise maker and He's a promise keeper tonight. How many can say amen to that one? Our God is a promise maker. He is a promise keeper. Our God has the power, the authority, the ability to keep every promise that He's ever made. And here in this Word tonight, what I see, the, the Lord making promises are in two different directions. The Lord promises those who have slipped over and allowed corruption to to have root in their life. He makes a promise to them people. And to the people who who have not given over to corruption, to the people who stood upon the truth of the Word of God, He makes a promise to them as well. To the ones who became a part of Jezebel's corruption, uh, he followed after the teaching, those who followed after the the, the false doctrine, the, the false prophecy, the promise the Lord was punishment to be cast into a sickbed, to have great tribulation unless they repent. Can you imagine the Lord making a promise and saying, listen, you're going to get sick and die, and everybody who follows after you is going to get sick and die. If you don't change, if you don't repent, if you don't turn around, if you don't do the right thing, man, can you imagine? The Lord said He gave her time to repent. 
The Lord said, I, I told her, I called her, I wooed her. He tried to get her to turn around. But she wouldn't do it. So many people today, I believe, have lost the concept of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. They become hardened and hardened and hardened and they think they know it all and they think they're in control and they think they're almighty and they're all powerful and they're all wise and the reality is the Holy Spirit's voice grows dimmer and more dim and more dim and more dim until ultimately they'll face the promise the Lord gave of them of sickness and great tribulation. Praise God, that's not the end of the story though, right? To the ones who didn't give in to the corruption, to those who didn't give in to the false doctrine, to those who didn't give over to the sexual immorality, the promise of the Lord is for provision. He said, I'm going to put no other burdens upon you and they'll rule over all the nation. The promise of the Lord is to rule and to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The promise of God is good for the good and evil for the evil. Pastor, that's kind of hard preaching. Friend, it's not my preaching, it's the Word of God preaching. God's promise is good for the good and evil for the evil. Psalms 37, 18 through 20 backs this up. Psalms 37, 18 says, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But for the wicked... The wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the, the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. The promise of good for the good and evil for the evil. Church, I believe the promises in the Word of God are for all people of all times. I believe the promises that he made to the church at Thyatira are the same promises that are extended to Lone Grove Assembly of God today. His promise for salvation for your lost loved one, it's still extended to us today. The promise of the healing power of the stripes of Jesus Christ, it's still extended to us today. The promise of the sweet outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, it's still extended unto us today. But church, the promise of good for the good and evil for the evil, it's still extended unto us today. His promise is to those who hold fast to the truth of the Word of God and don't give over into the false doctrines of the world. The Bible says they will rule and reign with Him forever. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 says, If we endure, we shall also reign with Him. But if we deny Him, He will also deny us. Good for the good, evil for the evil. Church, I believe the Word of God is a word of promise. And I believe the promises that we should cling to, the promises we should pursue, are the promises of good for the good. Listen, I want to stand before Him with a pure and open heart. I want to continue to see my works grow and get stronger and better every day. I don't want to allow some false teaching or false doctrine to get a root in my mind or in my heart and drag me away from the truth of the Word of God. We need the Word of God more every day. We learn from this corrupted church. We learn about spiritual growth. We learn about spiritual corruption. We learn about spiritual promise. <laughs> I think it's important to continue to learn. Amen. Give me just a couple more minutes and I promise we'll go to the altars, okay? I think it's important to continue to learn. And sometimes you're around some people who you learn things to do from. And then sometimes you're around people that you learn things not to do from. I believe this is a group of people around us tonight to learn to do from. I never want to see us as a, as a body of believers fall into a place of being considered a corrupted church. Amen. That we got so far off in left field that the enemy came in and controlled us or taught us or took us away from God. I want I make your promise as your shepherd. I stand with a staff in my hand. <laughs> and a club in the other one. We got to stand on the Word of God. 
I want to pray with you tonight. Father, I love you so much. I thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the truth of your Word of God, the revelation we find therein. Thank you, God, that you help us grow. And Lord, it's a continual process. We never reach a stopping place in our spiritual growth. Lord, thank you for the promises that you have for the good, for the good. Lord, I pray that we cling to those and we run from the other. Lord, let us hear your truth. And and God, I pray over every set of ears and every heart and every life, every home, every family represented here in this room. And Lord, those that are listening at home tonight as well. God, I pray that the, the voice of the Lord is clear to them. And the voice of the enemy is far from them. May they know the voice of the enemy and reject it. And God, may your voice they know and cling to. God, have your way. Be praised. And I give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, heads bowed and eyes closed. I, it's, we've had church. We've had service. So, you know, your pastor, there's always going to be a time. Pastor, it's just us home folks, friend. People need to know. They need to know. If you can just get people to the church, if you can just, there's going to be an opportunity. People can't get saved if there's not an opportunity. I want to be dependable. And I want you to understand there's always going to be an opportunity as long as there's breath in my lungs. If you're here and you need Jesus to save your soul, I just would ask you to lift your hand. I just want to pray with you anywhere in this room. Pastor, that's me. Brother Rick's going to put us on some music. Church, would you stand with me tonight just for a second? I want to invite you to a time of prayer to, to come and find a place at the front and make an altar where you're at. Let's, let's listen and pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to, to give us any indicator of any corruption that may be trying to, to wriggle its way into our lives, that, that might be trying to slip in under the radar. Let us see it for what it is and let us cut it off before it ever plants a root in our lives. God bless you tonight as you pray.